0: Welcome into our Celtics Playoff Show. That's right, guys. We made it. We're in. We did it, guys. You guys pumped up or what? Let's go. Playoff basketball is back in Boston. You smell that, Sway? No, what's that? What's it smell like? It smells like springtime. What else? So it it smells like... Wh- with a hint of what? Playoff basketball back again in Boston? At the Garden? What? After two years? After two-year absence? Who would have predicted that? Joel didn't predict that. After after we traded Ray John Rondo, you, you didn't predict that. Come on. Don't act like you did. No, I mean, you're right. I didn't. Yeah, that's right. I did. That's right. I did I was I was done with Danny H. and I mean I bet you don't miss Rondo now. I still do actually. You still miss Ray I John? John? I still miss Ray John. Really? I still can picture him on this team, like the way it's constructed right now. But that's just me. Really? On this yeah. team? Yeah. 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 This is how you wanna start this show, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. Rondo you, talk. Your you, you playoff you show. You brought right? it up, man. You brought it up. Just, All right, well I'll tell you how I feel. We're gonna put that Rondo's talk aside, maybe <laughs> for another day. But today in this show we're gonna be previewing, of course, the Celtics and Cavs matchup is gonna go down this weekend, and of course, who's gonna be the X factor for the Seas? How many games will the Seas win? And of course, who the hell is gonna guard LeBron James? We'll talk. We'll talk that. We'll talk about that. I should say, with of course, uh, Joel. and calling in from his uh, work cubicle, all the way in uh, Framingham, is uh, Mr. Sean Ducha. What's up, Ducha? What up? You pumped up for playoff basketball or what, man? I don't. I don't, I don't hear the enthusiasm. I cannot
1: wait for this, for this series to start. It's, it's, um, it's a little bittersweet that we got Cleveland, but like ever since I realized we're gonna
0: play Cleveland, I can psych myself up that we can win a few games. Yeah, I, I think we can do that. Yeah, why not, right? I mean, uh, I'll be honest with you. Last night's game, I was kind of, you know, thinking, all right, maybe it'd be the, you know, in the best, in the best uh, interest that they didn't win the game. If they dropped two. Go up against Atlanta because Indiana did what they had to do. They beat the Wizards last night in double overtime, which, by the way, was probably one of the most boring overtime games I've seen in a while. But they actually did what they had to do. And uh, if they were to win tonight and if we would have lost tonight and yesterday, we'd be seeing the Atlanta Hawks. However, that's not that's not the way this team's made up. I mean, let's be honest. We've been seeing this team, uh, a, a new identity ever since the training deadline, ever since Isaiah Thomas was, was brought on board. And uh, that's just – this team doesn't give up. I mean, look at that last minute last night. Look at how many times that they could have given up on that play. I mean, you got Evan Turner, who kept the ball alive, got the rebound, fought for it, you know, fought for the possession, found Tyler Zeller, which should have been an and one, in my opinion, but he converted that layup. You know, you had the um, the, the Raptors coming back on the other end, doing what they had to do to keep the game alive. Wow. And then Jay Crowder, behind a double screen, comes up with a huge basket, man, a huge fadeaway in the corner. Man, a- after that, you can't be upset that the Raptors won that game last night. There's no way in hell you can because they fought their asses off the same way they've been doing it for the last two months, man. This team is just, man, I'm, this, this is a special team. Regardless of what happens next year or two years from now, or if we're talking about a, a championship contender, you know, three years from now with this Celtics team, you can't say that we're going to look back on this season and, and not smile to ourselves and, and think about how fun it was to watch these guys play. Yeah, man, no, I, I'm definitely
1: on board with that. I was watching that game, I was like, hey, obviously, I said, hi, man. You know, there were times where you said, "Well, you know, they don't get it." But then, when you get that, um, when you when you get a buzzer-beater the last second, I mean, you're not going to bypass that. And you know what? Jake Crowder is going to be a huge piece if the Celtics are going to have any success in the playoffs at all. Uh, depending on what you will define success as, but you know, seeing him continue the touch shooting, Isaiah continue to talk shooting, I think it's all about momentum here more than. Speed.
0: Well, if we're talking about momentum, what team in the Eastern Conference has more momentum than the Celtics right now? I mean, they, they beat the, the hottest teams the hottest teams in the NBA after the All-Star break or ever since, you know, late, uh, or I should say beginning of February. February right, February 1st have been the Cavs and the Celtics. But well, who just knocked out the Cavs two times in back-to-back, you know, home-and-away home, home and away games? The Celtics, right? Well, so the, wouldn't the Celtics be the hottest team in the league? Well, the Celtics technically have the most wins in the Eastern right. Conference. You know that one more win than the, than the Cavs do. I don't think I don't think anyone's going into this. I mean, not not. I'm just saying, as like fan wise, are thinking that they're gonna knock off Cleveland. But hell, the way they've been playing, five straight wins, they have them. They have um, good momentum. Um, you, I think they're they're gonna go and try to win against Milwaukee because it's some unfinished business there. You know, the last two games they were winnable and they let them slip, let it slip through their fingers. So I think they would. The Celtics would like. To have hit that forty-win mark going into the postseason, because Cleveland they rested all their starters, or I mean, not all their starters. Well, mainly their starters, four of their starters. Yeah, four yeah. or five of their starters on Sunday because they're pretty sure they were going to meet the Celtics in the, in the postseason. So then, why give them like, uh, like a like a preview of of right. rest to come mm-hmm. and, and 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 have them all confident, have the Celtics all extra confident playing against a team that the majority of the players have not been to the postseason. So it's going to be an interesting postseason. Uh, the, you know, the, the Celtics extend their season for at least a few more weeks. Excuse me. <clears throat> and I think that it's not going to be a, 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 just a foreign, foreign done kind of kind of series. It's going to be a hot-fought mm-hmm. series. And the Celtics are going to are going to put their all into this, into this postseason. And that's good for the city. Because, you know, the Bruins didn't make the playoffs, so there's there's postseason action going on at the TD Garden once again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after the, the the shitty winter that the city had, and New England in general, it's good for the nice weather to come and to enjoy postseason basketball in Boston once again. Yes, absolutely. Definitely. Especially this week where, uh, you know, the, you got the Red Sox opening things up at Fenway Park with a great ceremony, a great game. You know, mm-hmm. blew, out, blew out the Nationals. And uh, you know, had of course the, the pregame ceremony with with Tom Brady coming out there, and, and you know Pedro Martinez in the house, man. It's just been a great, uh, great time to be in Boston right now. This past week, all right. Well, Dutra, let me ask you this question though: Going up against the, uh, the, the the Cavs, what's who 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 do we need the most out of on the Celtics team? You know, who's the one guy that we need to really step it up? I'm not talking about someone who's been doing it this last couple of months. I'm talking about like who do you think needs to. Up their, you know, step their game up big time for the sellers to, to take a game or two against, against the like, Cavs. Like an X factor? An X factor, correct. Like Joel just said. Yeah. Um, well,
1: all right. I mean, if you're looking at it right, you, you need, to, like you said, your players who have been producing consistently, Turner, Thomas, Bradley, they need to be on their in game period to have a chance. But I think you start looking at, I think two players I'm looking at right now Tyler Zeller, who can have. A, he can have an advantage against Moskov, I think, and the Celtics will try to exploit that, because Moskov can't move his feet mm-hmm. like Zeller can move mm-hmm. his feet. So I'm looking for a big uh, a big series from Zeller, and with B, he could put up 20-25 points and look like the best player on the floor. So um, I'm, I'm expecting a big theory from him. My second tier player that would need to set his game up with Celtics too. You know, keep this competitive is Brandon Bass. Not only on the offensive end, we've seen his, he's got playoff experience in the Celtics uniform, with, uh, a, you know, of him and Avery Bradley, I think are the only two on the team that have, that have experience playing for the Celtics in the playoffs. And, I mean, if you're looking at it, if you remember back when, uh, he was playing with KT and Paul Pierce, when Pierce needed a break, Brandon Bass beat up on LeBron in a few of those games. So he's got experience of defending playoff LeBron as well. So uh, those two players, I think, outside of our you know, uh, core, are the two players I'm
0: looking to set, have step up the, to have the self-detest. Joel, who's your X factor? Shit, I think I'm going to have to go with Tyler Zeller, actually. Um, because there's someone that he, fl- he flies underneath the radar pretty well, and he happens to be at the right place at the right time, when the Celtics need him the most, especially late, late in games, and Juta uh, brought up uh, Brandon Bass, and he's a, he's another one that knows how to play against uh, LeBron. I'm about to say Cleveland, but you know it's something I've been really going to dealt deal with Cleveland the last few years. But LeBron in general, you can you can throw Bass against LeBron for a little bit, and you know you won't have to worry about too many too many uh, possessions where LeBron is going to take advantage. Yeah, I agree. I think the postgame is, is the most important for the Celtics, not only defensively, but I think rebounding. I think the Celtics can actually have a chance to out rebound the Cavs because of what, what Duja just mentioned about Moscov. I mean, he's, he's a good guy who could finish around the hoop, but he's not necessarily like someone I would call a big time rebounder, you know? They don't have Baraja right now. They don't have uh, Ogalskis, you know, these are these are the guys that, that used to grab the majority of their rebounds. While the Celtics on the other while the Celtics on the other hand, we have we have Jared back and I think his presence is gonna be huge for us. For the Celtics, excuse me, not necessarily for the for his uh, scoring ability, because that would help. That would help the Celtics too. But I think his rebound ability is what the Celtics need the most out of uh, out of Jerry Sollinger, You know, yeah. and he's had a couple of games to get back into the flow of things. He had a few games, to, you know, get things going again. So if you can get you know ten, eleven rebounds for Sully, that's huge for the Celtics in this series. I forget Sullinger's back sometimes. Like we've got right. so off and out of there, you know. We've gotten yeah. so used to it. Yeah, he, he's been playing.
1: This- his way back in, I'm sure they're gonna take the leash off for the playoffs and just say go. And as long as he's not jacking up three, I think, you know what, I overlooked that. I think that's a good one. I mean, he's definitely gonna be an X factor. because, you know, think about it. He's gonna be he's gonna be stepping out on Kevin Love too. you know, we are waiting to see how he's gonna perform in the playoffs, but um he's gonna have a big he's gonna have a big responsibility to try to neutralize Kevin Love. On the glass too, because even though Kevin Love has been mainly a stretch floor, we forget he, he, he one of the best pure rebounders in the league. Even though the numbers may not show it this year so much, but he can rebound the ball, and Sojo has to try to uh, try to keep pace with that, as well
0: as Bass, and as well as uh, my main man Jay Crowder as well. Okay, so you mentioned um, Bass guarding uh, LeBron James, which is which I, I overlooked that because he does have experience doing that in the postseason. But, um, you know, besides him, who else do you see uh, taking turns with, with, with LeBron? Do you see, because uh, let's be honest, I mean, James Posey's not walking through that door. Paul Pierce isn't walking through that door. You know what I mean? Tony Allen's not going to be helping us.
1: I, I think we've got, I, I, personally, I am 100% confident of, in Jay Crowder's ability to guard LeBron to the best of, you know, you're not going to stop LeBron James. Right? You're not going to stop him in the playoffs. He's going to get his points. But, key possessions, you want someone on him? I, I mean, you saw Paul Pierce. Pierce do this for years. I mean, LeBron put up great numbers against the Celtics, but there were those key moments where Pierce would just have, just him being on him all game, just wears him down. And I think Crowder can do that. And I, I'm looking for a huge playoff Pierce, with Jake Crowder on the defensive end because And see, and, and I think personally on on the team, I don't think anyone else has a chance. If yes, Brandon Bass is, is there to just come out, but uh, Jay Crowder's got to be the guy to so slow
0: down LeBron. Jay. Well, yeah, you know th- that's a good point. I mean, like most teams, you have that primary guy who's going to be guarding LeBron, which I think is going to be Jay Crowder. So I agree with you on that, Dujer. But like when when it comes to you know guys switching off, and you want to you know you want to give LeBron different guys, you want to give them you know Crowder you want to give him Evan Turner you know it's kind of like when Doc Rivers used to we used to take turns with with uh with um Tony Allen Paul Pierce you know James Posey oh wait and then you know as, as the years went on it was Pierce it was you know like you said Brandon Bass who did a good job so I think this season will probably be Jay Crowder Brandon Bass Evan Turner but you also but you always had that primary guy which I think Bradley. is going to be Jay Crowder yeah and even Avery Bradley Yeah I mean when when you have LeBron who's going to be mainly playing the small forward spot now he's not the four like he has been the last few years. Kevin Love is another, I mean, not another problem, but another guy that you got to worry about. in the in the low post, even though he's 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 uh, been shooting a lot of, a lot of perimeter shots as of late, but he's someone that can average a double double on any given night. And then that's where where Jaren Solinger has to step it up. And and if he and, and if Jaren Solinger is Gives you any points or or just just any offense? That's a, that's a bonus. I think mm-hmm. I think Jared Sullinger, uh what we what the Southers need out of him the most is his defense, his defense and his rebounding. and his yeah. rebounding. Yeah. That's what they need the most. Absolutely. You know, hitting the glass hard and, and and manhandling anybody down low and boxing people out. That's pretty much what he what he's been doing all always. But if you can get some offense out of him, that's a bonus. And if we're looking at the backcourt, I mean. Kyrie Irving's gonna do what he does, you know, he's gonna do his best, but I'm not necessarily concerned because we have the luxury of having a, a, a good defensive backcourt between, you know, between A.B. Bradley and between Marcus Smart and between Isaiah Thomas. I mean, those three guards right there are gonna be, you know, doing the best they can defensively and, and getting stops against, you know, whoever whoever it is in the backcourt that isn't named Kyrie Irving. Well, you can't let Kyrie go off. You can't let him, you know, start going seven or eight or nine for ten from the three-point line. Right. Because he can do that at any time. Right, which I don't think he's going to be able to against guys like Marcus Smart and and, uh, and, and Avery Bradley. Just those two alone are going, to, are going to do the, you know, they're going to maybe limit him to about 20-something points. If, if And if that's the case, that's a that's a good night. If Kyrie Irving scores 20 points or averages somewhere near 20 points, 19, 20 points in this series, that's not a terrible job for the Celtics. But if you bring him under 20, then you've done a great job against Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie Irving had-
1: over any game any of these games he could be the guy who's going to put up 40 points and yeah. I think you know it's easy to overlook him with LeBron James and Kevin Love and you know but you know, you're know, you right I think that it is imperative that Avery Bradley and Marcus Smart are going to they have to try to shut down shut down Kyrie Irving from the perimeter because that's, that's like you said Joel that's where he heats up and then if he starts draining those three then He's gonna. You have to. He's unstoppable, really. Once he starts going from three point range. So, but one stat I want to bring up is, Celtics as a team are the sixth best team in the league defending the three point shot this year. So, I mean, that's huge. They can play good perimeter defense, which you know Cleveland likes to take those three pointers, especially in the you know LeBron James offense where you get those shooters and you stick them on the three point line. I mean, uh, it's going to be it's something that the Celtics have actually match up pretty well against, is knows those uh, perimeter shots. So it, that'll be something to watch as well. But you
0: know what? One other thing I want to bring up, too, is we forget, like, J.R. Smith. I was just going to say, say that. Yep, yep.
1: He's yep. an instant, instant offense, you know? He'll start for four games, and then game five, he'll come out and take four or five three pointers. So definitely. Uh, that's, that's
0: yeah, J.R. Smith, I think it's fair to say he he could he's there, he's the Cleveland's version of, of Isaiah Thomas, just not as good. Right? Yeah. Because he's more limited to just shooting three pointers, that's true. Yeah. But he's the he's a big reason why they won a bunch of games ever since the training deadline. I mean he's had a lot to yeah. do with with you know turning turning things up offensively because he's just been dialed in. He's even, you know, gone on record to say that he's more focused in Cleveland than he was in New York. Because of the lack of distractions and the lack of the New York, you know, nightlife, he's been able to, you know, really get going for the Cavs, and he's actually had a great relationship with LeBron and uh, and Kyrie ever since he's ever since he's uh, come to Cleveland. So yeah, he's he's a player you have to you have to worry about out there, but um, he's not someone that that you have to worry about going inside and and doing things, you know. Driving to the hoop. If you can stop him from, if, or if you can limit him from, from knocking down three pointers, then you, you've pretty much done your job. Which yeah. is which is what the Celtics are pretty good at. You know that's a that's an interesting stat, Ducha. I didn't I didn't know that they were ranked that high when it comes to defending yeah. the three. Yeah, it that's me big. Off guard too, because I remember at the beginning of the season
1: that was a problem for them. But they have, you know, it's, I think you know they're holding opponents. I think it's like thirty one percent on the year, which is pretty good, especially in today's NBA when. You know, teams are jacking up more 3 pointers than ever, so um, that, that'll be interesting to watch. But uh, Jared Smith does scare me, but uh, it's more of the fact that he, he needs to play a courtroom contract. So, mm. I'm actually, I, I, trust, trust me, I'll take Jared Smith jacking up three any day compared to Kyrie Irving jacking up green.
0: Yeah, I mean, Kyrie's more, more of the, uh, if you were to ask me what, who scares you or who, you know, can you think can, can take over this series, it, it's Kyrie Irving. I mean, LeBron's going to do what LeBron's going to do. But remember, LeBron is the one that's running this offense. It's not Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving benefits. Right. Mm-hmm. He benefits from what LeBron is able to, to do in terms of finding him open. Either either it's him cutting to the, cutting into the lane or him being wide open with a three-point shot. So Kyrie Irving, he, he's, be, he's become – or he's been um, – he's not – maybe not the focal point all the time of the offense – but LeBron James is able to incorporate him at the right at the right times. How many games did the Celtics win in the series? How many games can can they knock off Cavs in, in this uh, seven game series? Um, all right. What do you want—a realistic answer or, or what? <laughs> because, <I> mean, <laughs> realistic. Based on based on what you've been uh, seeing, you don't have to be like you know. They gotta, yeah. Uh no I I okay here's here's what I think this is my prediction for
1: the series I think that the Celtics are gonna shock a lot of people. With the way that they play in this series on a national stage. Now, I don't know how many games that is going to fit, that how many games they'll win, but I will tell you, and and I know this for a fact, is that every game will be a grind and it will be, uh, you know, it will be competitive because these stuff didn't work all year to get blown out by LeBron and the Cavs. And I think there's some pride on the line here, not mm. only for the players, but for Brad Stevens to say, you know, I'm not, we're not here. I'm not here to rebuild and cash my paycheck and wait for my superstar. Mm. I'm here to win, and I'm here to win now. So, I mean, personally, if it goes seven, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised in that. But if you had to give me a prediction, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, if they can, if they can win, if they can win one at home. And, and keep it competitive the rest of the series, I, I'm okay with that. But uh, one other thing to watch, too, if they can keep it close, as we know, they are very, very good in the last seconds of the of, mm. of the game. So, um, I'm, okay. I'm sticking with two wins
0: by the Celtics in this series, but if they can bring it to seven, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that's my prediction. I'm, I'm predicting uh, Cleveland wins series 4-2, to two. Um, but yeah, like you said, most of these games are going to be a nail biter. I think maybe Cleveland gets one game when they flat out beat the Celtics. But the, but the Cavs don't want to go, like like you mentioned, the Cavs don't want to go, you know, into a, a, the last two minutes of a, of a game up by two or, or up by three four points against the Celtics because they know that, you know, the, the Celtics track record now, they're, I mean, look at these games these past month or so. I mean, these, these, uh, these, these, plays that have been drawn up at the end of the games where Stephens is able to come out with the win. They don't want to be in that situation against the Celtics. They don't want a tie game with the Celtics, you know, the Celtics have the ball with about 20 seconds to go. You know, they, they know, you know, they, they're going to they're gonna do their homework and they're going to see how many times the Celtics have been able to, uh, how many game winners that the Celtics have been able to, to climb out of against teams that are very good, you know, the Atlanta Hawks, the, uh, you know, the, the Portland Trailblazers. I mean, these are, two, these are games that the Celtics were able to, you know, knock off these huge, these, these big-time playoff teams and came from behind when, when no one expected it. Joel, what's your prediction? Uh, it's it's tough because you know you're. I'm, I'm a Celtics fan first, obviously, and I would love to say like, yeah, you know, it's gonna they're gonna definitely shock the world. But um, I, I agree with Dutra that it's not gonna be. The, uh, an easy slam dunk for the for the Cavaliers. Remember, the Cavs majority the, the majority of players on the Cavs have not been to the postseason before. J.R. Smith has been out of the out of the first round a few times, but besides LeBron, who's got championship experience, and Kendrick Perkins and uh, the third string uh, center, I expect that the Celtics are going to grind it out in every single game, and I wouldn't be surprised if it goes a distance. I'm going to say it goes to it goes to six games, at least six games. And I don't think Cleveland really blows out the Celtics in any of the games, in my opinion. No blowouts. No okay. blowouts. All right. And I, I think I think one other thing too that's pretty
1: clear: the Cavs look at the Celtics and think that they're an easy out because they they could have avoided them. You know what I mean? They could have beaten them and made it tried to knock them out of the playoffs if they thought that they were any threat at all.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: their heads are a little big right now. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I think game one. I think I think the Cavs are gonna. The Cavs could get shocked. Game one in Cleveland. I, I I'm I'm saying those come out and win game one. I'm saying it. I'm gonna say
0: it. Those come up and win game one. Well, I mean, I think I think I think Cleveland is is a little bit concerned because if they weren't, I think they would have played you know their starters in uh, in last Sunday's game. But they don't want to get the Celtics too comfortable with a Cavs lineup that they were gonna they were gonna see. This would be the third time. And less than a week that they're gonna they're going be playing the Cavs, mm-hmm. that the Celtics are gonna be playing the Cavs. So it's like you know you don't want to get the, you don't want them to get them used to, to to seeing you know certain lineups or certain plays that they run or but you know it's gonna be it's gonna be grinded out for both teams because. This I, is mean, a, I, I think that's a little overrated just because everyone got game tape, everyone knows how LeBron plays. You know what I mean?
1: It's like the only thing the Celtics haven't seen this year is J.R. Smith, I mean that's pretty nuts. Pretty easy enough. I, I don't think they played there back when they lost to them last time before these two back to back game. But I, I think that uh, that's a little
0: overrated. I, I've always thought. I think it's just because LeBron's a little wimp and did want to pull a handy and be up to play off this little bitch. That's, that's what I think. <laughs> well, you remember that the, the not the last two times, the the third time, that they, the second time, I'm sorry, that they played the Cleveland about a month ago. They got blown out pretty bad in they Cleveland. Yeah. 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 But you remember, remember that was
1: the night after they almost knocked off Golden State and lost that huge So that was a huge mental hurdle they had to get over. I don't think they were ready for that game. And that was like toughest back back in the entire NBA this year, going from Golden State and uh, traveling over to Cleveland and getting blown out there. So I, I, I sort of excused that one. And I think since that point, though, at that point, I, I don't I don't think you can count
0: too many losses on the Celtic schedule. So I think that really was a rallying cry of the this year. Well, I mean, it, we, we'll see. We'll see. Come. We'll see. Come this weekend. One thing that, the, that we can say about the C's is that they don't they're not scared to play on the road. I mean, this is for for an eight C team. They can. Uh, they, oh, excuse me, seventh. Yeah, it's right. Seventh C team. They've um they've been able they've been able to, <laughs> been able to uh, come out with some some wins on the road against against some big name teams. So uh, that's the one thing that we can say that this young team is not afraid of. I'm um, very excited for that game one. Can the Celtics pull out Pull out of game one? Uh, I think so. I think either way, it's going to be a close game. But uh, we'll, we'll see how it all goes down on uh, Sunday at Cleveland. Um, that concludes our uh, Celtics playoff show. But just like we have with every single show in the regular season, we end it with In Case You Missed It. So, Joel, that's your cue. What did we miss? What's up? What's going on? Well, In Case You Missed It, uh, Paul we Pierce missed. had a uh, very uh – in depth conversation with uh, my one of my favorite writers, uh, Jack McMullen from ESPN Boston. He broke it. He broke. He, bro- he told it how it is. He told the truth. He, he he spoke the truth about about the Brooklyn Nets and how he had a horrible season last year. It's and like he, he had a lot on his chest. He wasn't wasn't feeling it at all no. last year. And uh, he also talked about your uh, you know Sway's boy here, number the. The the player formerly known as the number twenty, uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth. Oh, he's my boy. Why oh, he he's your when, boy? when is he my boy now? <laughs> <When> <laughs> you, you, want, you want the number? You want his number retired in the rafters?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just just smiling. Me too.
0: <laughs> I was like Joel loves Joel's read this article about twenty times with a huge smile on his face within the last twenty four hours. Well, Jeez, speaking I of mean, speaking I of which, you can actually go and and. Uh, uh, I wrote up. I wrote a piece about. Of course, you did. I wrote a piece, of you, you know, piece. quoting all all of uh, Paul Pierce's, uh, you know, highlighted highlighted quotes on on what he you know, what he had to say about about. About life in general, but just yeah, in, and, just in the last year or so. And for the readers out there, if you're wondering why it doesn't say it doesn't actually say Ray Allen in the piece, it's because uh, Joel wrote it. So that's, why, <laughs> that's exactly why you won't be able to actually see the, well, that's the not guy's his, name. That's not his name. His first name is Ray his, Allen. His first yeah, right. his first name is Walter. So you know, now you know when you see Walter and then, then, then the douchebag's last name, then you know who I'm talking about. So <laughs> no he no he had a lot he had a lot to say about those two topics, plus um, he talked about Ray John Rondo. He talked about John Wall, and he thinks his team can make it to at least the Eastern Conference Finals, and that Cleveland's the only team that's in his way, that are that are in the the, the Wizards' way. Yeah, it was a great piece. It was. I mean, nothing in the piece really surprised me, but it was um, it was still very interesting to, to to hear Pierce say it, you know, straight from his mouth about about the the lack of confidence or the lack of uh, commitment. I should say that he that he was uh, dealing with, with between Joe Johnson and Deron Williams, especially Deron Williams. Um, I mean, but like I said, it didn't surprise me, but it's just unfortunate because you know I think everyone. Thought that they would be meeting, you know, they would be able to, to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, or at least give Miami Heat a, a better, uh, a better series than than we saw last season. Well, plus he's also in the he's he claims he's in the best shape of his life. He's at a, a 225 playing weight. The first time he's been under 230 in his whole career. That's right. So he's ready for this for this, uh, you know, this this push into the postseason. They got the fifth seed, so they'll be playing. They'll be playing the Toronto Raptors in the first round. He he talks about his uh, prolonging his career, and I think he, he, he's probably going to hang it up after next season because he yeah. does does have a player player option for next season. But who knows if he'll, you know, invoke that clause or or, or become a free agent. So in case you missed it, that's pretty much what's on on docket. Uh, All right, well, Dujic man, um, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, we're gonna just hang up hang up with Dujic because he's got to get back to work. But uh, peace but, out, Dujic. But uh, thanks for joining us, man. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Don't. Don't, don't, uh, don't talk back to your boss, man, when you get back in to your cube, you know, late from your lunch break there. But thanks for joining I'll us, just, man. I'll just tell him it's NBA playoffs. He can't get mad. That's right. Tell him. He better understand, man, because it's the Celtics in the playoffs, but no one predicted. We'll talk to you soon, All man. Right. And in terms of, uh, of what Al, what he said, had to say about Allen, I mean, I don't think it's another thing that wasn't surprising, you know, what he said. But one thing that, that kind of shocked me was the fact that, you know, he wouldn't do these charity events with with uh, the, the Celtics. Or, or, or he wouldn't, I, I should rephrase that. He wouldn't go to other people's charities events when Ray John Rondo, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett would go to his. That kind of surprised me. Um, him not going out with the guys, you know. I knew that they weren't that close, but I didn't know that he was. Uh, he's a diva. He, he's a diva. Yeah. Did you think he was that much of a diva? He's a though? diva. I, I mean, I, I knew to a certain but extent. You're not gonna hang out with the guys. Come I knew, on. I mean, I knew to a certain extent because he's all. I think he was more, and this comes out obviously, you know, in the, in the last few years. I'm, I think he was all about himself. Like I rather go shoot. I rather go shoot. A thousand three-pointers to go hang out with my teammates but that's see that's the thing though i thought that that was the you know 2010 2011 ray allen i didn't think that was the ray allen in 2007 2008 you know i i knew i mean i think it was well documented that he didn't get along with ray john rondo and of course paul pierce and kevin garnett did so i could see that you know playing a factor in the in the the second or third year of, of the of the big three of the new big three era but I didn't think that that was something that was going on the entire time, you know. So that that was one thing that that struck me as odd when when Pierce said that in the article with Jack McMullen. Well, Paul Pierce said it best. You don't you don't have to like your teammates, but if you're in if you have one goal and you're on a team that has one goal to reach and you want everything to work out for the for the best, you have to have team camaraderie. You don't have to like everybody that you play with. You don't have to like everybody that you work with, but you know you you try your best and you support everyone. And you leave your feelings aside, and that's something that Celtics pride like it's, it's all that's how that's how Celtics pride has always been. It's been instilled, pride. it's been instilled for generations and generations. And you know, douchebag, dishbag, you know, do whatever you want to do, whatever it is. What it is, I mean, the only thing I can think of, I can, the only thing that comes to mind to me is you know, players like Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. These are two guys that played, you know, you know 10 years of the same team. Pierce played more, obviously, but before Kevin Garnett left Minnesota. He was a timber wolf. I mean, like 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 Pierce said in the article, he is, with capital letters, is Minnesota, you know? So I guess for for Ray Allen, he hasn't had that that kind of career before he came to Boston. You know, he played for two different teams. He, uh, well, he had never been anywhere no longer than five years. Right. He had never been anywhere longer than five years. He hadn't uh hadn't he hadn't uh, built that that close relationship, I guess. I, I mean I guess he you kinda of say he, he did though with Sam Cassell and 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 um, who am I forget and Glenn Robinson when he was in Minnesota. I mean, excuse me, when he was in uh Milwaukee and, and that team, they nearly went to the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, you would no, think they that. Did. They did go I Conference. mean, they did. Excuse me, they nearly went to the NBA Finals and to, to take on the Lakers. And you would think that he had, you know, he 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 built that, especially when Sam Cassell ended up becoming a Celtic. You know, that last few months before they before they hoisted that, that championship trophy. But I guess that wasn't a. I mean, it was weird. It wasn't the, that kind of guy. I guess it was weird the following season. I'm not defending him, but it was weird the following season how like that same team. Didn't have an opportunity to to get back to the postseason and try again with that same core because they got he got traded to to Seattle for for Gary Payton, so mm-hmm. you know yeah He's just it's you can't call him a journeyman I guess but he, he does it's hard to just when you think of if you think of him just think of one team because he he was he spent a good amount of time with three teams and then the fourth team he ended up you know helping them win a championship but well one day Breon's gonna. You know, speak speak about his his uh his time in Boston. You know, when that time will be, who knows? Could be next season before he comes back. It could be, you know, once once he hangs it up. You know, someone's going to ask him these these tough questions, and he's going to, you know, give his side of the story. So that that's one thing we have to look forward to because you know, uh, that, that was one part of the article I didn't think Paul Pierce would would, would get into, but I guess well, I'm glad Jack he McMullen got got it out of him. But I'm yeah, glad I'm glad did. he did too. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for Kevin Garnett to get it out of to get someone to get it out of him as well. Mm-hmm. I want to hear it. I want to hear it because. It's just too much, right? But um, we also um, the predictions, right? Yes, yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's one thing we talked about before the show. Uh, before we wrap things up, and before we uh, before we sign off here, I'm gonna uh, just just say that I think the Celtics take say that The Celtics exceeded all of our all of our expectations, except for two people though. Except for two people in this show, which they were pretty much dead on when it came to talking about how many wins the Celtics would have this season. Well, keep keep in mind that there's obviously before. You know, all the trades happened. You had Rajan Rondo still on his team, Jeff Green. This was right. This is the, the night before opening night. Uh, how many wins? Celtics had won twenty five wins last season and me and Sway were um, you know, throwing out numbers on how how many more wins could the Celtics have and and maybe they make the playoffs. Take a listen real quick. I'd say this team can win between ten to fifteen more games this year. And that can get you in the playoffs in the East. So we're talking about twenty five plus Ten is thirty-five. Joel's getting his calculator out. Between like, yeah. So I'm talking between like 30, 38 to forty wins. Like, is that really? That's not. That's not an unreasonable. Thing. Thirty-eight to forty, or thirty. Thirty-eight to forty wins. Like, oh, okay. They said thirty-eight to forty-eight. Okay, no, yeah. No, thirty-eight yeah. to forty. All right. Like, between thirty-eight right. and forty wins. That's fifteen. That's ten to fifteen more games that they would have won last year, and depending on how the Knicks finish, or. The Pistons or who else, the Nets, mm-hmm. the Hawks, because the Hawks are always. The All right, Hawks, I'm gonna I'm Hawks gonna go on a limb. I'm gonna say I'm gonna this is my prediction. I'm gonna say 35 to 40. And when I say that, I'm I'm thinking about 37, 38 wins. Is that enough to get them in the playoffs? It could. It could. But and then you, you can't forget. But but this is the only reason why I'm I'm not willing to go as high as you are. Okay, this this is the one reason. I think oh, when you have a team like this. That's my range though. No more than forty. No more than, 40? No okay. More than forty. Okay. All right. Yeah, okay. I'm saying like the, the thirty five to forty win range. Right. All right. right. All right. See that, that was that was spot on. Was this was spot on. I man. guess we know what we're talking about here, Cosmic Tree. Because on. I, when I was looking back to it, looking back on, the, on that conversation that we had, I was thinking I I thought I said somewhere between thirty five to thirty seven. So the Celtics obviously exceeded my my initial expectations. Or I should say, I guess I I was I was spot on. We all were. I mean, because just said the same, right? Dude just said thirty five to forty. Except we all said that same range, except that we were talking about competing against the Knicks. Yeah, right. The Pistons, the Nets. I mean, the Nets might not even make make it. They got to win. They got to win their last game. You know, I mean, the Hawks. Who would have thought the Hawks would have been number one in the in the in, in the East? Right. And number two in the, in the league overall. Right. So, but remember these uh, experts that we used to see on where we see on TV and then we hear yeah. on the radio. What were they saying? Twenty-seven, twenty-eight at best. They you were know, saying this team is terrible. They would say that the team that the Southern was going to be, you know, a top ten, you know, lottery pick, lottery pick team right, right. at least. because they, they, because they, everyone was. Every, I mean, a lot of people talk about you know the, the Ronald trade was going to happen. It happened a lot sooner than the most predicted. You know, we we talk about AFC. We didn't even mm-hmm. talk about nothing about the seventh right. or or higher. Or they were they higher. you know they they had a chance to to even go up to the sixth seed, but seventh seed is perfect. I mean, it does kind of look bad in, in the East because there are, you know, two teams that are going to make the playoffs that are well, not well below 500, but you know, a couple wings below 500 overall. In the out of the, the top, just the top eight teams, there's only two teams that went over 50 wins. And that's, Chicago, I mean, I'm Chicago, I'm sorry. That's Cleveland and, and, and Atlanta. Everyone yeah. else were below 50 wins. Right, and you look at the Western Conference, it's a completely different story. Completely different you story. Know? You drop a game or two, like, um, Ginobili tweeted out a, a funny tweet a few days ago where he talked about, you know, the Western Conference is so crazy that if they, if they win a game or if they lose a game, it could decide whether they go from the second seed down to the sixth. Exactly. You know, what I mean like a game or two is that much of a difference in the Western Conference? Look at the Grizzlies. And we're talking about teams that have well above 40 wins battling it out for, you know, the, those those middle seeds between 2 and 6. Look at the Grizzlies. Before before uh, the Warriors went on a went on a run early on the season, like the first month of the season, Memphis was the first seed and then they went down to the second seed and were the second seed up until like a few weeks ago. Right. Now they're they're in danger of being the sixth seed. Mm-hmm. No higher than the fifth. Right. Houston, same thing. They were in the they were the third seed, second seed, you know, battling between the they were in that battle for most of the season, but yeah. now here they the are seventh. in April, they're down to the seventh. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Clippers, it's Clippers were playing like ass. Crazy scenario. You know, for most of the season. And here they are, they have a chance to get the third seed. <laughs> right. You know, so it's, crazy. it's insane. Okay, OKC Blaine might like not even ass. make it. That's a great way to put it. Yes. Quote, unquote. <laughs> That's the like quote ass. if I ever heard one. <laughs> and then you've got OKC who could, who might not even make the playoffs. Right. They have to win their game and depend on, on the Pelicans to lose their last game. So, right. you know, it's a, it's a crap out West. You know, I saw a tweet from Jalen Rose after, you know, he was shitting on the Celtics how, how, talking about how they were not going to make the playoffs after their, their national TV win over the Pistons. And they went on to win the next... Three, four games. Yeah. What do you say? What did Jalen? nothing. I, say, I'd love to hear what he had Jaylen nothing to say about said. the Celtics. He just said that. Oh, it should be the best sixteen teams for overall in the, in the league that make the playoffs. Oh, he went to that of course conversation. Of course he did. He inverted to that conversation. Yeah, he oh, did. Okay, Jalen. Yeah. When people, I saw, right. I saw people tweet at him about like, oh, you know, what do you got to say now about the Celtics? Had nothing to say. He's been a Celtics hater. For his whole life, <laughs> so it's all right. I ain't manager. At, at least, at, least, Yorkers, he's, at least, he's keeping it real. We've had those. Com- we've had this conversation a hundred times. It, but it, he's, it he's deep- more of a Michigan guy than New Yorker. Yeah, that's true. But I'm telling you, like these old school New Yorkers, man, they hate the Celtics, man. It's not even like hate. They just, they just have to bet against them. These Mark Jacksons, these Jalen Roses, these, uh or even, even Stephen A. But the one thing about Stephen A. Though, when the Celtics were really doing the thing, he, he respected, you know, the whole, the whole. Big Three era, the new Big Three era. He was all about it. He wasn't about, you know, he he would he would bet. He would normally bet against them, but he wouldn't necessarily count them out. You know, and that was one person out of out of those New Yorkers that that you're not going to hear count out the Celtics in every single series. Kenny Smith, same thing. You know, how many times he would he would say, "Oh yeah, you know, the Celtics are talented. You know, don't forget about Doc Rivers. You know, he's a great coach." But I got the I got the Cavs in the series. You know, we're talking about 2010. Oh, you know, in in 2012. The Cavs, you know, the Southers may win a game or two. So Southers push yeah. them to game seven. You know, no one had the Southers doing that, you know, at, at that time. But, anyways, back to what I – <laughs> no, you threw me out with the whole, like – I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> with the whole Rose yeah, thing. Yeah, but I'm sorry, I'm what, I was, what I was going to say is um, – what I was going to say is, is um, when you talked about the Western Conference and you talked about Oklahoma City, you know, needing the Pelicans to, to lose and, and need, you know, certain teams that need another team to lose, the Southers were never in a situation where they they needed another team to drop a game. That's you know? true. Yeah, They yeah. control their they own control fate. destiny. Yeah. And that was one thing I honestly had to say. I thought this last week of, this, of the regular season was wasn't going to be the case for the seas. You know, I thought it was going to be like, oh yeah, the Celtics dropped this game, so they need you know the the Nets to drop that one. You know, the Pacers they need the Pacers to drop this game if the Celtics win that one. You know what I mean? They were never in that in that uh, scenario, which is I think all thanks to, to Brad Stevens, man. He really had this team buying into what he was selling. He uh, got the best out of them, and and here we are. The Celtics in the seventh seed, and this team has just been an amazing team to cover within the, this past three months or so. It's been a roller coaster ride since the reg- since the beginning of the regular season, but it's been fun. I mean, this is why a lot of the times you know we, we listen to our, our own podcast and we, we think, oh man, you know we just said we you know oh when we talk about oh something to do this something to do that or you know like 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 I started this this show I said we're in the playoffs we're going you know we get so into this team that. When the Celtics make the playoffs or, or when the Celtics make the 7th seed, we catch ourselves saying, we, you know, because that's how in tune we are with this team. No, I completely agree. Uh, they've been exciting. Even when they lose games, you, you, you're, you're frustrated because, you, you know, like this team is very talented. You see the potential. You see right? the potential. And that might have not been the case last year for a lot of fans. You know, last year was like, all right, they're supposed to lose. And this year, I think a lot of people, you know, hopped off the tank. Bandwagon, we're like, you know what? I want to see this team succeed, even when they're not supposed to succeed. Even if they don't make it out the first round, we want to see the Celtics in the playoffs because they've been working their asses off, and that's exactly why they are not only in the playoffs but they're locked into the seventh seed, going up against the Cavs this weekend. Guys, thank you for listening as usual. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate you guys who are, you know, follow our episodes. Every single time we put one out here on uh, Celtics podcast, Celtics, um excuse me, uh, Causeway Street podcast, um, hey, it, re- it means a lot to us, guys. We uh, our, our, we see our, our following slowly growing, and uh, we appreciate you guys, you guys following us, and we'll continue to give you nothing but the best that we can of, of coverage throughout this playoff and uh, and beyond. So, guys, thank you for that. Um, on a serious note, today is uh, April fifteenth. And two years ago on this day, there was a terrible tragedy here in Boston as the um, two bombs went off near the finish line at the uh, Boston Marathon down on Boylston Street. So um, today we want to dedicate this episode to Martin Richard, Ling Lee Liu, Sean Collier, and Crystal Campbell. And we want to take a moment of silence in their names because it is 2.49 p.m. This is exactly when the first bomb exploded. May God bless their families and may God bless all the victims and may God bless Boston, and thank you for listening.